0: Windy City Nation, welcome to the Windy City Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Kesnick. Got a fantastic second episode of the pod today. We'll have Windy City Bulls broadcasters Ryan Fahey and Chris Rouse talking a little about the Bulls' recent matchup with Raptors 905, as well as Windy City Bulls' season thus far. The Bulls are off to a 1 4 start. A little rocky with their best player out, Tyler Eulis. He'll be back with the team soon. But first, I was able to catch up with the second leading scorer on the Windy City Bulls, Michael Mulder, out of Kentucky. Michael was kind enough to join us, touch on a few topics relating to his experience with the G League and his thoughts on where the league's headed. We're joined by Michael Mulder, sharpshooting guard with the Windy City Bulls. Michael, thanks for taking the time to join the Windy City Hoops podcast today. My pleasure, thanks for having me. So the Bulls are getting ready to take on the Capital City Go-Go tonight's new G League franchise. What do you guys know about the Go-Go that can help you grab a win tonight?
1: Uh, you know, we watched some film on them, obviously in the past couple of days. I know that they're uh, an efficient scoring team from the wing spot. Um, they like to play fast, things like that. But uh, mostly, you know, we focus on us, uh, our game plan, and what we got to do going into the game to ensure
0: that we can come out with the victory. Okay, I know G League travel can be an interesting experience. What do you do on the road to keep yourself fresh and ready to go for the road games?
1: Um, you know, for the road games, it's basically uh, you just handle the travel days as they are, make sure you're getting good food in your body and staying uh, with your nutrition. But um, other than that, you know, we do we do our shoot-arounds and we have uh, a few team meetings, maybe watch some film to prepare for our game coming up.
0: Great. So I know it seems a few games into the season, but I want to go back ask about the off-season real quick. What did it entail for you? Was it, was it all work or did you have some time to relax as well in the off-season?
1: The off season was great. Um, you know, we didn't. We were just short of the playoffs last year, so uh, it started a little bit early for me. Um, you know, it was, it was a little longer of an off season than I was used to coming out of college. Obviously, we had uh, I was used to going back for summer school and having those type of workouts, but being able to spend that time at home, um, work with my trainers, and uh, you know, spend time with family—it was, it was pretty valuable for me. I feel like we uh, we got a lot of valuable work done in the off season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you're back in Canada in the off season.
1: Yeah, I spent, I spent a lot of time. Um,
0: places like that. All of us in Windy City Nation are definitely excited that you're back as a leadership part of this team. You were off to a fantastic start. 16 points, five boards a game, and red hot out from outside the arc. Obviously a lot of changeover from last year's roster. Was it locked in right away that you'd be back with the Bulls this year, or how did that process play out over the summer?
1: Um, you know, over the summer, I was pretty, uh, I was in touch with our, our coaching staff and uh, the guys in the office. And, um, you know, I knew that I would be coming back uh, for training camp. You know, you know that no spot is secure. And knowing that, you know, got to come in ready to uh, make sure that I make the team in the first place. And, uh, you know, but other than that, I just really wanted to come back to bring some leadership to the new guys, uh, the new guys on the team, maybe some of the rookies who, we're looking for some leadership. I'm only a second year guy, but um, I know that that transition from college to a pro was was uh, a quite a different experience last year. So, um, whatever I could do for these guys to make it a little bit easier on them, I feel like would be a, a positive experience for them. Um, but you know, I was I was really excited to be back with the Bulls, um, have opportunity to to be back with the with Coach Henry and Cargo, and um, meet some of the new coaching staff. So, um, it's been a pretty good experience for
0: me so far. Yeah, I wanted to ask that of you, too, just knowing the team so well and, and knowing the experience of the G League. Did the coaches ask you to take on that leadership role with the new guys and kind of bring about the chemistry with the new guys on the roster?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I know that Coach Henry expects uh, he expects a lot of energy out of me. Um, he says it starts with me on, on the defensive end. And, uh, you know, I know that I know that, that can be a contagious thing for, for basketball players. So, you know, I try to bring that to, to practice and to the floor every day. Um, trying to break some enthusiasm on and off the court, uh, as well as some leadership stuff. So, um, you know, I was, I was excited to, that Coach would expect that from me and ask that of me. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a good,
0: it's a good thing for us. Yeah, you guys had a great start in that first game against the Magic. It looked like the chemistry was coming together really quickly. Dropped a couple since then, but how do you feel like everybody is gelling together this year as compared to last year?
1: I feel like everybody jelled well. Um, you know, I felt like we jelled well last year. It Just it took us a while to hit our stride, and uh, we kind of started the year on a rough start last year, and we're kind of stayed for five hundred the whole year. So, um, hopefully, I don't I don't anticipate that to be uh, the case this year. We don't want to we don't want to have a slow start. We dropped our last two, but uh, hopefully, we can bounce back from that. I take it as a learning experience and get a W today. But um, I feel like I feel like we matched really well. We have a uh, great point guard play in Tyler. Obviously, I was I was fortunate enough to have him at Kentucky with me. For my first year there, so um, and also obviously following him in his uh, in his role with the, the Suns and all onward. So um, you know, having him at, at the point guard.
0: Absolutely. Tyler's off to a great start as well and, and looked good. So how do you compare those those strengths and weaknesses of this year's squad to, to last year?
1: You know, I feel like last year we were, we were a pretty young team. Um, you know, sometimes we just weren't making the right play. And, uh, you know, it went kind of down the line. Like, um, if one of us didn't make the right play, I feel like that kind of got contagious as well. So um, sometimes it would look like we, we just didn't have so much chemistry. Um, but I feel like this year, you know, with Tyler who's had a couple of years in the league and uh, knows how to really vibe with, with guys and play to their strengths and weaknesses and, you know, really make people look good at what they do and what they do best. But I feel like that's been a, a really key thing for us. Um, we were fortunate enough to have Archie last year and uh, I'm really happy for him to, to get a spot on the Bulls there as well as, as, well as uh, Antonio like me still. Um But it's great to have Tyler and Raleigh in our two-way spots and, uh, you know, really have some experience out of Tyler uh, in the point guard role. I feel like it really starts with him.
0: Yeah, you've been following those guys, Archie and Blakeney, as they're getting things going with the Chicago Bulls this year. I know that's a big thing with the organization as far as guys coming down to watch you in Hoffman Estates and and you guys going to the United Center as well. Yeah, it was great. Um, It's been great watching them develop. You know, I was really happy to see that
1: they landed their spot uh, on the roster this year. Um, obviously, I'd love to have those guys kind of back to track me on the court every day. But you know, I'm really ex- really excited for them to be able to advance their careers. And um, you know, it's been great to watch. I've been really keeping up with them. I see Archie getting a lot more minutes, and uh, as well as AB. So um, you know, it's, it's great to watch them ex- ex- excelling um, at that next level, and you know, really embracing that role on the team. And uh, you know, just showing that, that they belong there. Um, you know, obviously, I know them, and I know that they belong every day. Um, but it's, it's great to see them playing so well, and seeing that uh, not just me and and uh, the coaches in the front office sees that, but you know the fans are really appreciative of, of what they bring to the court every day. So um, you know it's been it's been awesome to watch them excelling in their in their roles as
0: well. Absolutely. So obviously, you know the coaching staff and the organization well by now. How have they helped you grow your game since you began in the G League? You know
1: it's been it's been great. I was uh, I was very fortunate to have the coaching staff I had last year and being able to get. Um, Coach Henry and Tar go back this year has been great. Um, you know, Coach Henry kept kept in touch with me throughout the off season, seeing uh how my workouts were going, seeing how I was doing mentally. Um, you know, just just stuff on and off the court. I feel like uh I feel like that's one of my favorite things about Charlie is that, you know, I really I really do believe that he cares about us as individuals and uh he really does want to see us go on to that next level and he, he wants to do everything in his power to, to see that happen. Um, as well as JP. Um you know, Targo, he's, he's a great mentor to have, um, not just from a coaching standpoint, obviously he, he spent a lot of time in the league and he knows the X's and O's, but, uh, but just a great mentor to have off the court as well, you know, um, just showing guys, you know, like me uh, who are new to it, you know, how to be, how to be professional, how to carry yourself and, uh, you know, the work ethic that you've got to have at this level. Um, knowing that guys in the G League, everybody wants to get out, and everybody wants to have an opportunity to advance their careers, and you know, having a guy like Pargo who spent so many years in the league, um, I feel like that's a great thing for us, and uh, something I'm really trying to use to my
0: advantage. So, I know your dad is a huge influence in your life as well. How has he helped you in your growth professionally and, and personally towards your dream of getting to the league?
1: Yeah, he's a he's a big influence for me. You know, it um, starts when I was young. He uh, he hasn't missed a game since I was since I was a little kid, and, wow. uh, you know, just knowing that I have that constant support, you know, he's uh, he's driven countless hours through my Duco years, through Kentucky years, and after here, um, you know, you, you'll you see him often on the sidelines and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, he doesn't say too much, he's never been a guy that, you know, really, you cheering me on, like, verbally or nothing like that, uh, he just kind of sits and watches, I remember being young, and he, he wouldn't say too much other than, like, you know, Mike, I saw you not running hard, and. Uh, you know, basically if you're not gonna hustle, I'm not gonna bring you here. Um, I just feel like he's he's really instills a work ethic in me and and, you know, just a mental toughness. Uh, from that mental toughness aspect I feel like I'm able to translate that onto the floor, you know. He's uh, he's shaped a lot of adversity in his life, um, and he's really worked through it and is mentally tough and I feel like uh, that's just something that he expects from me and he's instilled in me and I'm trying to continue to carry that throughout my life um on and off the floor so I feel like it's been a huge influence and uh I really appreciate that out of him
0: absolutely so that quiet confidence he was never the dad who was yelling in the stands that you had to settle him down in the stands uh, no you know if he was yelling at me it's probably because I missed class or
1: something <laughs> right. I was younger you know he was more likely to yell at me for something like that than something I did on the court and you know no matter what I did on the court if I was playing well or if I was uh playing poorly, he just kind of sat there and crossed his arms and watched, and uh, he basically knew that I knew he was evaluating me on not just my ability to score the ball or my ability to, you know, play defense. He was, he was basically evaluating me on my ability to be tough, um, you know, how to how to hustle, you know, the intangibles that some players don't, don't go all the way to do. Um, I know that he was evaluating those things from me, so um, that was great as well. Um, I also had that on the other side for my mom, you know, those those two are like night and day when it comes to character, life-wise. They're they're two pretty different people. Um, my mom's more more likely to, you know, like say some positive things to me, and you know, if I have something negative to say about myself, she she my mom never sees those things. So, um, you know, it's it's good to have that from both sides. You know, um, I got the one side with my mom.
0: Absolutely, yeah. You can see those influences on the court every night. Well, last thing I want to get to, Michael, talking about that transition, that the G League implementing the new rule to allow players to come straight from high school and be under contract with the team, be able to profit off their likeness right away. What are your takeaways from that? That new rule that they're implementing, and how do you think that will impact the G League?
1: You know, obviously that won't uh, that won't have a direct impact on me, obviously, but you know, I think that I think that that's good for for younger guys who have the opportunity. You know, I know that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from I'm from Kentucky, so the one and done thing obviously is something that I'm accustomed to, and I'm I've seen a lot. But I feel like that's a positive thing as well. I'm I'm not sure what the league standpoint is on it. If they think that guys are maybe coming up too early and not being ready, and maybe that that's the direction that they're looking in. But um, you know, I think it's good. I feel like uh, obviously guys who are, who are big name guys going into the NCAA and uh, not being able to receive any benefit off of that. And, you know all the money that's made by the NCAA from their likeness. Um, you know they don't they don't see a check out of that. And uh, you know I feel like it's it's a great opportunity for guys like that who really do have that chance to, to make money off their likeness to be able to do so because uh, you know some in some situations you uh, these guys need it a little bit more. You know. Um, Obviously, like I've had, I've seen it on both ends of the spectrum. More um, guys who maybe didn't need it and could wait until they went pro to receive that check, but um, I've also seen it in a situation where you know guys' moms uh, really need to pay the rent and they and they can't do it. You know what I mean? So um, right. being able to being able to provide for their being able to provide for their family a little bit earlier, um, I don't see anything wrong with that, and uh, I'm really happy for those guys who who may need that opportunity to
0: be able to do that. Yeah, I agree. What, especially coming out of Canada, what do you think you would have done if you were presented with that option coming out of high school? What do you think you would have chosen to do?
1: Um, you know, it's really hard to, to call that. Um, I'm not really sure what I would have done coming out of high school because my situation is a little bit different. I was a little bit less recruited, obviously, coming out of Windsor. Um, if I lived five minutes in a different direction in Detroit, maybe it's a little bit different. And right. then, uh, a couple hours down in Toronto, maybe that's obviously a little bit different as well. But, with me, I was I wasn't very heavily recruited at a at a high school. Um, knowing UConn was the route that I was going to take, probably. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not really sure what I what decision I would have made. But uh, all I can say really is now um, I, I couldn't be happier with the decision I made to take the junior college route. I went to Vincennes for two years, and I had Coach Franklin and Coach Davis, um, who were so trusting on me and had such high expectations for me. Um, and uh, probably end up at one of the mid-majors that was recruiting me young
0: Fortunate to have you as a part of the Windy City Bulls. We appreciate it, Michael. Thanks for the time. We'll let you get ready for a tip-off. Uh, but thanks very much for joining the pod today. Where can everybody find you on social media?
1: Thanks for having me, guys. Um, if you're looking for me on social media, you can find me at Michael Mulder on Twitter. Uh, if you're looking for me on Instagram, you can find me at Mike mulder 11
0: Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Good luck in the game tonight. Hopefully we can have you back soon. Thank you. Take care. Huge thanks to Michael Mulder for joining us while the Bulls were on the road in D.C. taking on the Capital City Go-Go. Michael, definitely one of the bright spots on the Windy City Bulls this season with some white-hot shooting 53% from the field, 51% from three. Thanks again to Michael. Next up on the Windy City Hoops podcast, we've got a couple of broadcasters from your Windy City Bulls pre- and post-game show, Ryan Fahey and Chris Rouse. Taking you through a recap of the Bulls' recent matchup against Raptors 905, as well as what's been going on overall with the Bulls. As again, getting off to a little bit of a rocky start with the 1 and 4 record, looking to rebound and get back to 500.
2: Alongside Chris Ross coming off the TV broadcast, I'm Ryan Faye with you here, courtside at the Sears Center Arena. Well, one positive is that the third quarter, the Bulls outscored an opponent in that one. It was by five, but. There are some positives to take away from this contest, Chris? Yeah, uh, the Bulls just
3: had a rough start to this ball game, so I'm going to go the complete opposite and start with the negatives here, but they they had a, they had a rough start to this okay. ball game. <laughs> they had a rough start to this ball game and they were they got down big early. But you're right, they did have a pretty good third quarter, outscored 9-0-5, 27-22. They had good performances out of players. They got 19 from C.J. Fair, 15 from V.J. Beecham and Michael Motor, and they got 16 out of Raleigh Hawkins off the bench. So the Bulls have proven that they can get depth out of their players as far as scoring, but they ran up against a Raptors 905 team that had too many weapons. They had six players in double figures.
2: Yeah, six players in double figures, as you mentioned, Uche Ufebu, along with Dang Adele, Chris Boucher, Jordan Lloyd, former Windy City Bowl Kay Felder, and Christian Watford, each with at least 12 points respectively, leading the way. Chris Boucher, 24 points, 16 rebounds, three assists. Uh, not much you can say anymore than just how impressive he is as a player and what he brings to the table in just over 32 minutes of action. 9 of 19 from the field, 6 of from downtown, and to any G League team that has to go up against him, good luck. Yeah, 24 16, four blocked shots in this game, but you know what?
3: Going back to the Bulls, 6 of 30 from three point land, they were shooting 1 for 13 at half. That's not going to get it done at all. And they're going to, moving forward, they're going to have to work on their three point shooting, and work on getting. Good three-point shots, not just taking it because of there. You got to get shots that are in rhythm. But this is a Bulls team; they lost by twenty, and honestly, they played pretty hard in this game. Just had some rough luck shooting the ball, especially when you take a guy that is your leader in scoring and assists off the floor. entirely. Tyler Hughes be hurt.
2: You know, it's interesting you say they need to work on their three-point shooting because that's the one thing that we haven't really needed them to yeah. improve upon. They were second in the G League coming into action tonight, shooting just under forty-two percent from behind the three-point line. And as you mentioned, six to thirty from downtown. They got really cold from behind the arc tonight, and we've seen now through these five games so far this season, they've been living and dying by the three point line, and it really kind of showed here tonight.
3: Yeah, when I say working the three point, I mean the right shot. We know this team can knock the shots down. Michael Motors been knocking them down. Kaiser Gates, he's been knocking those shots down. Faircon Hall even has stepped up and hit a few this season. It's just they they rush a lot of shots that aren't that are not necessary. They take shots. Wear 18 on the shot clock just because you have it. Just because you have a it, look is not always the best look. Sometimes it's fool's gold, and that's, what I think, what hurt them in this game in the first half.
2: Yeah, one of the keys that we were both kind of mentioning in our halftime show was we need to see this Windy City team come out of the locker room with a strong start. It was better based on previous third quarters we've seen, whether it was here at the Sears Center or seeing them on the road to Capital City or Grand Rapids, especially if we recall that game from last week. They just seemed tired midway through the third quarter, and you can't have that and show that as your body language against the Raptors 905 team that will kind of smell the blood in the water and really pounce on it.
3: And this is why one of my constant keys to the games is play full 48 you got to play the full 48. The Bulls, they either, they either start strong and finish soft, or they start soft and finish strong. But the thing is, if you start soft and try to finish strong, you're already down 20 points, so you have to expend a lot of energy to come back. We saw that in the game at Grand Rapids where they had the 40-point second quarter and looked out of gas in the second half. And we saw that in this game today. Had the rough first half, had a good third quarter, but Raptors 905 were already up almost 20 points, and they went for the kill in the fourth quarter.
2: Raleigh Alkins off the bench playing 30 minutes tonight, 16 points on Seven of ten shooting to go along with six rebounds and three assists. Coming off that bench row now that VJ Beecham has gotten the start in his spot, it seems as if we've seen Alkins get off to a slow start coming off the bench because he really picked up his production and it really escalated a lot, especially in that fourth quarter. Yeah, I think Raleigh Alkins is starting to finally find
3: his rhythm. I think that's probably why Charlie Henry put him on the bench for this game today. He just wanted, him, he wanted to try him out off the bench. Let's see how that works for him because when he's been starting, he's had some pretty off-shooting games. So he says, you know what? Let's try to bring him off the bench. Let's see if he can provide a spark. And I thought he did a good job of doing that. He had 16 points, 6 rebounds and 3 assists. So a good all-around game for Raleigh Alkins. You just need to see more of that for him
2: forward, especially if you put them in the starting lineup. Now, an interesting note here, and you kind of mentioned this at halftime, points in the paint. Bulls outscored Raptors 9-5 in the paint, 54-38. to 38. When you have that kind of a margin that's in your favor, you're going to win more games than you're going to lose. But that wasn't the case here tonight at all. Yeah, and it was kind of, not not to cut you off there, but we didn't really kind of see that effect of the game work in Winnie City's favor, especially an even seat on the scoreboard.
3: Well, yeah, because Raptors nine 5 they – They took five more threes than the Bulls did. The Bulls took 30. They took 35. But the thing is, Raptors 9-5 hit 11 more. They went 17 of 35. Bulls went 6 of 30 and that's 48% for Raptors 9.05 to 20 for the Bulls. Bulls just couldn't hit any outside shots. And then when you look at the field goal percentage, it was 47 to 38 in favor of Raptors 9.05. So the thing is in this game, Raptors 9.05, yeah, we they, they were having problems getting to the paint, but they said, you know what? Yeah, we might be struggling in the paint. But we can knock our shots down. Let's see if you can do the same. And there was a few times they just let the Bulls shoot because they knew they were off.
2: And as we look ahead here for the Bulls, they're going to hit the road now for the next couple of weeks. They got trips to the – Memphis Hustle, Grand Rapids Drive again. They also have a meeting with the Wisconsin Herd, and then they go to Raptors 905 on the 21st of November before we return and see these Bulls on the 23rd here at the Sears Center Arena when they see the Long Island Nets come to town. What do they need to work on for these next couple weeks when they are going to be the road warriors, so to speak?
3: Well, first things first, you need Tyler Hughes back healthy. You just lost 22 points per game. You lost 8 assists per game in the game tonight because he was a late scratch. It was officially listed as illness, so that's an undisclosed injury for us. We still haven't figured that one out all the way. But also, you got to play a full 48. You can't keep going into these games having these strong starts like they did against Grand Rapids and letting the team come back in the second half and take the victory from you, as they also did against Capital City. And you cannot come out of these games slow like they did at Grand Rapids and in this game today and then try to get everything back in the second half. You want to try to at least stay within arm's reach. you got to play the full 48 minutes. You don't want to put yourself in an uphill battle almost every time you go out there.
0: Our thanks to Ryan Fahey and Chris Rouse. You can catch Ryan on the pre- and post-game show for the Windy City Bulls on SportstownChicago.com and catch Chris on the TV call for the Windy City Bulls on Facebook Live and NBC Sports Chicago. Windy City Bulls on a bit of a road trip here coming up. Next game against the Memphis Hustle on November 14th in Memphis. Then up on Friday, the Grand Rapids Drive in Grand Rapids on the 16th, back-to-back on the 17th against the Wisconsin Herd. The Bulls will return home on November 23rd against the Long Island Nets. Look for tickets at windycitybulls.com slash tickets. Coming up, too, on the promotional schedule for the Windy City Bulls on December 3rd, we've got the Illinois Bicentennial Celebration and then on December 14th, Dog Night at Sears Center Arena. So bring out your pooch on that night. First 90 Dogs will receive a Bulls T-shirt. Again, look for your tickets at WindyCityBulls.com tickets. That'll about do it for this edition of the Windy City Hoops podcast. Thanks for listening, Windy City Nation. I'm Joe Kesnick. Until next time, Go Bulls!